Good evening and welcome to episode 18 of the 3 on 3 podcast. Another week, another set of league action, bits more controversy on social media, and Dops have woke up. So why not get the boys back together and discuss all the good and bad of the Elite League. As ever, we have the, the regulars, the elder, the parish, and I'm going middle of the road, happy Scott. Gents, good evening, how are you? Hello chaps, I'm all good. How about you guys? Yeah, uh, Blaze win, so can't argue with that. You, if you ever saw the video side of this, you would not tell that he was happy. Um, our guest, we're throwing the caps on the ice. It's his hat trick uh, appearance, and just going to hit. Just hearing him already on the uh, prelude makes the, the bad day even better. Um, delighted as ever to welcome John Smith onto the podcast. John, thank you very much for giving up your time this evening. Thanks for having me again, boys. As you say, a hat trick. I'm delighted with myself. What, 18th episode, three three appearances. Some boys would be happy with the stats. Hey, one in six. It's a it's a good return, mate. Um, so very quickly since our last recording, wins for Cardiff, uh, Belfast, Sheffield, um, Manchester. I'm even surprised myself. Nottingham didn't win, unfortunately, against Guildford. Uh, gents, so mixed bag and Coventry, as uh, Scott did mention. Gents, very quickly, highlight of the uh, the week since our last recording. I'll go first then, shall I? Um, for me, it would have to be the comeback win against the Panthers in the Challenge Cup. Um, went in with a one-goal deficit, put ourselves behind the eight ball with some poor uh, penalties in the first period and had the claw back a three-goal deficit by the end, or yeah, just before the end of the third week, or the first week got a, a goal, and then we went on to win the game 5-2 and went through to the semi-finals. Bingo. Um, highlight for me is uh, Ross Venus tonight, uh, man of match performance. He's integral for our, our second goal. Great play on the four check, sets up Curran in the slot, finishes it, and then he got himself a goal as well. So, yeah, great performance by Mr. Venus. I'd say mine is Nottingham, a decent crowd again. Obviously, a lot of them will come back after the uh, Christmas game against the Steelers, over 5,000 back in that facility. Despite not a great uh, season so far, and uh, only goal, a couple of young Brits involved. Hopkins putting the puck on the end of Kelsall uh, stick, and him getting a goal for the Panthers. My highlights, um, and yeah, you may go. I'm going with what I know best, but the the, the battle of the goalies uh, that was on via play last Thursday between Greenfield and Cozen. Um, a couple of really good performances uh, across both gents. Uh, a game where neither goalie deserved to lose. Obviously, one had to. Um, but just a, a stunning display of net minding from both Greenfield and Cozen. So that was, that was my highlight um, of the weekend. Um, let's go into the topics. And uh, as we mentioned, Dops has woke up um, with some interesting wording. Uh, they didn't hit the normal ban. And given that the game in question was in Belfast, I'm going to bring John into this, and uh, John Smith, sorry. Um, and just give us a bit of an outlook as to what you, you saw and your thoughts on the, the suspension that's been handed out. Well, the hit itself happens just in front of the Panthers bench. We were kind of like 
are obscured in the viewing from where we sit in the rink. Um, but from what we could see, it did look like a bad hit, and the crowd reacted appropriately to suggest as such. Now, watching the hit back, it's a it's a bad hit. Um, he travels quite away. He leaves his feet and he connects with the head. And quite rarely received the uh, the five minute major and kicked from the game. It, I mean, at that point, the Panthers were fully in control of the game and the tie, and he's let his team down badly. But what you say, Gops have woke up from their Christmas slumber, slapped a a token one-game ban on it, uh, worded the article very poorly again, and, yeah, we're just going around in circles again. Yeah, it's it's a shit tip. It's a check to the head. To call it charging, mention check to the head, and then not give that as... The reason why he's being banned is a bit baffling. But it goes back to the, the previous bans this season. It's all one game bans for my team. And as we all do, when it's your team, you're a bit more piped up about it. Brett Ferguson's hit on Jack Billings was a direct target to head. He gets a one game ban. Billings consequently miss about eight, nine games. Uh, I spoke to Jack after a game and he said to me, he was like, well, what, what do I do? I'm not happy with it. And the players aren't happy with these, what, what's getting handed out. So the hit that Puffer did, if Dops give him two to three, I'm then getting annoyed that Ferguson didn't get two to three. So they now can't give more games to other teams' players because it's not fair. I just make it just makes no sense. Before I bring John into this, I just kind of want to go on the wording of what they've released and something that Scott has mentioned there. Um, and the they've mentioned it as charging, but the, the end of the um, the description before they go into summary, they actually if Puffer wishes to deliver this check legally, he must stay low and hit through Cullen's shoulder or core, rather than elevating towards and into his head. Now, the video is available for all to see of the actual hit. And the head contact is there clear as day. My big concern on this, and I'm saying this in a generic point, not because it's a Panthers player or a Giants player, is that we've mentioned on this pod that Dops is there to protect. Within the initials, it's there to protect the players, the asset that sells the game. And if we're going to allow hits to the head and just you know, get a bit woolly about it and go charging. What message does that send? What is that message? And I, I get the point that Scott's making is, is, you know, if X club gets one game and another club gets three games and you're going to get pissed off about it, and rightfully so, you want consistency. I think we all know that Dops hasn't been consistent, apart from consistently inconsistent. And it's a shame because we actually did have the version of Dops that was actually quite consistent. But my big concern of this is the fact that we're kind of just ignoring the hit to the head and that the one game that he has received, it, for me, it kind of it's open season on headshots. And I know there's been a few others that's kind of had a very low tariff on this. And I'll, I'll bring John into this now. Is we've mentioned the league's reputation and view on the world stage has got better over the last few years. But when you see stuff like this, and other examples that we've had over the season, it kind of makes it a bit of a joke, and it kind of starts 
you know, imports potential for next season, because the conversation will be starting for next season, we'll be going, do I really want to go into a league where, should the worst case happen, the kid's only going to get one game and I could be missing 9-10 for an injury? Yeah, that's the thing. I It's been clever how they worded it, where they seem to have forgotten the hit to the head that that should be in basically the, the penalties for. Obviously, the charging in itself, sometimes it can be obviously a dangerous play. Other times, you can just kind of, kind of catch a guy off guard and it, and it looks worse than where it really is. But let's not make no bones about it. He was targeting that, that guy's head right from when he left his starting position. And I think, yeah, like Scott said, you can obviously... Pin back to other sort of similar things this year, which have been given one game. There's been, I think, maybe one or two, which are two games, perhaps, if I'm not mistaken. So it's, it's only, I, I thought it was a couple of that. But that's where the league is a bit crazy and where the hockey in this country is so wrong, because if that same play happened in the NIHL, literally the tier below, he'd probably get 10 games. So where's, where's the kind of the parity between the two? So you're talking a league where there's barely, any imports available. That guy's playing a league, well, sorry, a level below in this country. He's getting 10 games. There's, there's not uncommon to see bands. Well, you look at James Archer, got 13 games a few weeks back as well for Hull. And that's where this, the, the league for me has to be a bit more clear. I have to send the message to, to guys. It all kind of goes back to the start of the season. If you give it to give guys one game for this kind of hit, as Scott said, that's going to be basically the way it's going to be going forward. Otherwise, you've not got kind of that consistency. For me, that kind of hit, if that was the first few of the season, that's three games at least all day long. And he targets the guy's head, and it's just a shocking play. And it just makes it look, the league look pathetic when you're getting tariffs like that handed out. And that's what we're effectively showing the rest of the world. Come to our league, and if you do that, you get one game. It's just, it's just good. I, I agree with what you said there. I just want to, I'm going to throw some as play devil's advocate here. And it's, you know, very yes and no in terms of response. Is there a possibility, and I'm not saying this from any knowledge, I'm really, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, that DOPS this year is kind of being on the lenient side more often because they don't want to see the star players who, you know, commit the offences banned for too long and actually to some people, harm the product, even though the punishment should fit the crime. Do you reckon that, is there any kind of, and it'll be a round table kind of answer to that, could there be any guys of that, or is that just completely no, Dops just get it wrong? But that's that's the whole point of what they're there for, is to protect the players. (laughs) You know, it's not for them to decide really about the best players being available on the ice and not getting long-term bans. If a star player or a fourth line plug makes a dirty play, the band should sort of be the same regardless. It's no one a good saying, oh, well, you don't want to see teams playing two and a half, three lines because of suspensions. Don't do the shitty hit. You don't get a band. Simple as that. You know, and uh, on the same token of that, then, if guys are going around banging heads around like they're doing like this anyway, and injuring fellow players, then the opposition who, who's effectively had the hits is likely to be down a, a game, two, three, four games with a player being injured anyway. So if you're going to allow the players to kind of run around targeting heads, giving them a one-game ban to, as you say, protect the product on the ice, it has a detrimental effect in terms of if guys start getting injured, those then same star players are sort of trying to keep 
protected from getting banned as if they don't get targeted to get hit. It's just <laughs> it just passes the uh, the losses in that direction where players are not complaining because they they get hit and there's no repercussions for the the person actually perpetrated the hit. So no, I don't I don't buy that. I, I totally agree. I mean, it doesn't matter who throws the hit. Um, the punishment should fit the crime. Um, I know that you said there was one player who got a double game ban. Was it Davy Phillips? Right, so he got two games, I think, for I a... Two games. Yeah, I think he got more than one game. Two games, thank you. Um, for a really innocuous hit, right? It was, it was an attempted... You know, hockey play, and he he just mistimed it by a fraction of a second. Now Craig Puffer takes so several strides and then leaves his feet to deliver a hit on Will Cullen. Now that's a a, a worse hit than Davy Phillips. Both target the head. Sorry, both connect with the head. Davy doesn't target the head, in my opinion. And he never had like uh, that. My opinion hasn't changed from the day I saw the the hit. Um, so there should be. You know, if you're not going to a blanket ban, then there has to be a range where you can uh, determine other factors that go into the hit. If a guy's chewing and then leaving his feet, then surely that should be remit for a bigger ban than somebody who's just missed hand to hit by a fraction of a second. You know, like they're not doing themselves any favors by not even allowing themselves some wiggle room and a range of of game bans for for each head hit. I mean, there's no such thing as a clean hit to the head, and is I mean. Dops have been a laughing stock in this league for a long time, and the Argonauts continue to drive away all the star players. The East Coast and the NHL are still having the face-off fights, are still having the fights. And I know for a fact that players are coming to this league because they're thinking, oh, we don't have to do these stupid little fights. So if if they're not doing those fights for entertainment, then Dops need to take and look after the players that are on the ice, and they're not doing that. Because you could have a fight, and you could put a player out, cushion and all that. So, why are Dops not saying, well, we know we want to build, bring skilled, entertained players to this league, which we are getting, but if they're going to get their, their head cleaned out, the guy gets one game ban, you might as well bring back the penners, you might as well bring back Cots, you might as well do it, Morrow's, you might as well do it. So it stops, but then the product goes down. So the league that oblivious, I, I, I don't know. Belfast played Dundee um, in the past few days. Um, now you're all very much aware, well aware of the Naslin hit on Conway from some time ago. Now the the kneeing hit, which was a disgusting hit. Um, some people felt the ban wasn't strong enough. Um, as John was alluded to there, if uh, Naslin plays in the league below, he's probably getting 10 game banned for that hit. Now, Scotty Conway then tries to police it himself by offering Naslin a fight, uh, drops the gloves, Naslin just laughs at him, skits away, and Scotty gets a two minute penalty for cross checking. There's no deterrent for these uh, players delivering these kind of hits that are potentially uh, career shortening hits. And if Dobbs don't look after the players and, you know, the, the guys being hit are then trying to police it themselves with fights and they end up getting called on penalties, then, like, how do you fix it? You, you end up just getting prison rules, uh, and that's what you don't want to see um, games end up to. Yes, it may be entertaining every once in a while, 
but you don't want it to become a regular thing. Um, we, we can tear this apart, and I only put that in as a devil's advocate thing. I don't believe that one case. Where I do think they've just got it wrong yet again. <clears throat> Very quickly around the table, how many games should he have got? John. Elder. Three. Three. All day, every day, at least. I agree. Three. First three. I had five in my head. I, I do think the play was that bad. And given what's been given to, on better plays and rightful call. But I, uh, I, can't, I can't disagree with you with that, David. Yeah. Yeah, you, I wouldn't disagree if it was five. It I mean, be... yes, three would be fine as a starter. Me personally, the, the way that play ended up, that's fine. And that I don't want to say it. If you said, um, John Scott, you know, the league sends a message saying, we don't want this crap. We want good hits, we want good hockey hits, good hockey plays, that crap, in the bin. Have five games, sit down. I don't understand how as well, that, that kind of play happened in, I don't know, 2013 or something. That's five games, six games all day long. Where's the league changed in the last decade? Do you know what I mean? I, I can only speak from, obviously, experience I've seen... People like Brad Vartan, okay, he may have made some dumb plays over the years, don't get me wrong, and there's probably a lot of uh, bans that he had that were probably warranted. But you knew if you saw that kind of play in 2010, 11, 12, 13, whichever team, whichever player, you knew there was going to be at least a five or six game ban coming. End of. So when, why have we just become so soft all of a sudden? Just let players take the piss. I hope it hasn't uh, sort of factored into it, but the fact that uh, Will Cullen plays out the remainder of the game with no ill effects from the hit. I don't know if that has influenced this uh, the one-game ban, but I sincerely hope it doesn't because that shouldn't be the benchmark for, for those kind of bans to be put in place. Well, it wasn't in the fact with the plays because Billings didn't play the next night. But John, John, John's right there with uh, the, the bans back in early, early the 10, 11, 12, 13. But we had the guys that would protect the players. I, I, I don't know. The, the league's lazy and a bit. I, I think I, I think it's. I, I agree with John. I agree with as well. But I think it's something you, you could discuss all night. Um, never mind because there's just so much. To just it doesn't make sense for me. They don't add. They do. You know, the nothing adds up. Nothing bounces. Um, and maybe something that if there's a fans forum at the playoff weekend, maybe something to try and get an answer. Who knows? We'll move on to the next topic and one that. I've noticed on social media, I mean, we mentioned it last week, and we'll probably mention it more than once before the end of the season, that incidents of social media bullying from hockey personnel to people. Now, there's one that's happened this week that I I just find bad taste. Um, The jump on from person X's colleague was just as bad, given that that person does do a lot of crying on social media. I'm bringing this into the conversation because it's not the first time we've seen, A, bullying on social media, but also jump-ons, where everyone just goes, nah, that's not good at all. Yeah, that's fine. And it kind of becomes as more than what it should be. So, I'm, I'm, again, this is throwing it around the table. Um, and we'll start with Scott. Um, is it just the case of social media has allowed everyone the opportunity to for want of a better phrase say to people what they want to do without the consequences of their words have we got to the point where 
your actions no longer have the consequences, whereas a conversation face-to-face would have varying degrees of consequence, if that makes any sense. Yeah, because if you say something on social media, you all already got your defence because people will then target you and retaliate. Whereas if you do something in person, it's an, it's an emotional exchange. Something could erupt from it. But if you're preempting an argument, you've got all, almost a self-defence there. And what happened the other night is just adding to the shit show it's a Glasgow clan and we had all the instances about interviewing a player and a fake resignation and then he's chose to target a fan now this fan has said a few things recently that people don't agree with um, for, for whatever reason that's happening I just think that those two parties should come together and have a chat but bullying a fan on social media and then the photographer jumping in who's got the ego of David Bailey but not quite the talent. It's just another another fucking shit show of the Glasgow fan. Uh, and John Smith, um, obviously, and I only ask this as your involvement with Boomerang Corner and a lot of the work that they do and, and the, the presence they have on social media. It's kind of, you, you see it every so often where you'll see one thing that is all or nothing, you know, it's just absolutely nothing or anything, but then everyone just jumps in the need to get involved. And it's kind of that, oh, I can get involved in something where I don't need to be. And again, that lack of consequence of what they've done. Well, what I did enjoy seeing from this uh, conversation happening on social media was the amount of people who jumped to the defence of the victim of the bullying campaign by certain individuals from within the clan uh, hockey fraternity. Um, Quite rightly as well. Now, I know that in recent times I've had an issue with something that this person said before regarding... uh, fans of my football team um but for the way this happened this week has just gone like one step beyond like you would expect a level of professionalism um from anybody associated with a professional hockey club but i don't think the word professional can be applied to the two people that are really involved in this sort of like campaign of of uh of bullying on this uh individual um as scott mentioned there was the uh the interview with a rapist and tried to sort of muddy those waters by saying the charges were dropped. And then you've got a photographer who's sending more invoices than uh, than he has taking good photos. Uh, just jumping on together and making this, this kid's life really uncomfortable. And yeah, Scott's right. Um, the guy's made a mistake. It seems like he's, he's uh, apologized for it. And... There needs to be a, a means to an end here. They either need to get together and just sort of like talk it out as responsible adults away from social media, or they just need to sort of forgive and forget. It's just it's not helping anybody that it's being played out in the in the public eye. Uh, and John, the elder of the parish, kind of to try and sum up um, the whole thing. There's always been a if you say something stupid you should be called out. Um, 
I suppose to try and not purposely, but here on the other side of the coin, is it as much people when they see the content that's been seen this week, is it as much a case of is it right to call it out straight up? Irrelevant if you're involved in it, or should it be a case of instead of calling it out, more go down the line of guys, four walls, sort the fuck out, don't let it in here. And it kind of goes to the point of the thing snowball into something where, like I say, a lot of people defended um, the fam. And you know what? Rightfully so. I have no issue in, in saying that. But kind of does it become where more fans should kind of ear towards just going, do you know what, guys? Piss off to a room, chat, sort it out, and, and leave it there. Don't have that drama aired where, you know, Daniel from Eastbourne could get involved. I get what you're saying, um, and obviously sometimes I think it's only with hindsight that things become, uh, they, they do sort of spiral out of control. I think that tends to happen if a fan, say for argument's sake, with trying to defend somebody or to go after somebody who called them out, they quote tweet a tweet. So at the end of the day, more people seem to see that tweet if you quote tweet it. I, to be fair, I got involved straight away. I, I didn't like the bullying of it, and I actually replied back to said individual myself, because if you reply back to that person, no one's going to see it anyway, but one's going to lay a slide. Don't get me wrong. I thought the original post or the statement, whatever you want to call it, was a bit over the top, a bit dramatic. But each to their own. I wasn't going to go in and have a go with this guy. I don't know, don't know the guy from Adam. I know of him, but I don't know him. I wouldn't dream of going after him first. It's a stupid statement, as daft as I thought he was. But I wasn't going to let seemingly a bullying thing happen, especially when, like, his other mate, got involved as well, like like Dumb and Dumber. There's there's too much of this, unfortunately, I think, um, in the league, where certain individuals seem to think they're above other people, should we say. They think they're a special kind of person. And they've all got their own disciples that think, oh, because said person works for an ice hockey club, I want to be their mates, I want to be there, because they're better than everybody else, they're special. It's bullshit. At the end of the day, the rule should apply to everybody. Whether you're employed by a club, whether you're a fan, if you act like a dick then, yeah, you've got to be right to be called out, as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't have to become personal, it doesn't have to become nasty. And that's, I think, that's the, 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 the sort of the thing not to try and cross the line. If if someone says something that is a bit detrimental, yeah, you could have a quiet word, you could say something to them just by a reply. But by the same token, if people don't take them to task, they'll carry on doing it. And then... <laughs> What damage does that cause then as well? Because if they're victimising somebody or they're bullying somebody and they get away with it, would it happen a second time, a third time, a fourth time, to the point whereby who knows what that person's going through in their own day-to-day life and what kind of impact it's going to have? And that said individual, um, and I'm not sure we're not even naming him tonight, we just, we, we go with dancing around the name, everyone knows who we're talking about, but he deserves all the stick he got, personally, I think, because to me, he's not a man of any... Um, integrity, should we say. Um, he clearly, obviously, knew what he was dealing with, with the, the rapist situation. Let's just try and call it like it is. He watered it down in, in the interview, um, almost making an excuse for it. Almost like, oh, we have to kind of mention it very subtly, but we're not going to go into any detail. He then, like, cried wolf. He was going to quit after all the outrage, which obviously it caused, and he sneaked back in within a few days. A man of integrity wouldn't do that. So, for me, I've got no respect for that individual. I try, if I'm honest with you, not to form opinions on people. 
unless I know them personally, or I've known them for a long time, because you can obviously sometimes get people wrong. I think the the problem with social media is because some people are quite vocal, you can think you know people pretty well, even without meeting them. And that could be a good thing and a bad thing. I only met this person one time. Um, it was in the office uh, in Cardiff, and I think it was one of the finals in the champ. Uh, uh, words, Challenge Cup final. I think it was either Cardiff against Belfast or Belfast against Guildford. And that individual was literally brown nosing the, the devil's GM the whole time I was there, and it just made me want to puke. I just thought, nah, not, not for me. So yeah, I, I think wherever he gets, he deserves. I'm not going to, you know, defend anybody that does that kind of thing, and I'm not going to criticise anybody that takes them on. I, I want to say he's not a fan, but I feel like he's on the fence there. I don't know what uh, Scott and John think. Um, kind of just to, to round up the whole conversation in that respect. And a very quick question in terms of, you know, is it case where we've meant, and we'll probably have this question time and time again because of the way social media has ballooned and spiralled this season. Is it a case where, is it time fans go, let's just stay out and just go, guys, four walls? Or is it a case of, if if you see it permanently, call it out and create the snowball so that it actually makes a change or it doesn't make a change, but it's still, everyone knows it happened. Very quickly around the table. I'm going to call it like it is. I'm not going to just let it go. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'll ignore stuff. Obviously, I think I can't be bothered with that on social media. If I think someone's not being fair to an individual, I'm going to stand up for them. I'm not going to stop doing that. Yeah, I also, as I agree with what John said there, but I think in this instance, this guy has made a rod for his own back and people have been waiting patiently for something to get after him about and he left the door open, and they absolutely took that opportunity with both hands. Um, there's a lot of frustration in that fan base still with the ongoing issues, and he put himself he put himself out there to be attacked. I don't know if you saw the screenshot um, of the conversation that he used, where it uh, suggested that he could reply to the uh, uh, comment or the tweet, because only but the way in which the the fan has his uh, sentence. It's one of the people that tagged in the tweet that can reply and there was only three things tagged in the tweet and this individual that we're talking about was able to reply. So it just shows you how much of a uh, high place in the clan organisation that he actually still does hold. Essentially he's, he's running the social media too by the looks of it. I've said this so many times. Uh, what are we on? Episode 18 are we on? Don't tweet what you wouldn't say to someone's face. That's it. Very wise message from a happier person. Because he's kind of gone from middle of the road to happy, so it's good to, to see Scott. Let's talk some hockey, because that's what we're here about. And let's bring uh, John Smith again, and we'll talk about the resurgence. Um of the Belfast Giants a few weeks ago, that was it. Dead, buried, get rid of the uh, the roster, get rid of Keith. That's it. You know, we may do something in the playoffs. And now it's uh, things a little bit rosier uh, in the gardens of Belfast. Um, summarise it for us uh, over the last few weeks, mate. Well, uh, whoever's telling you that we need to get rid of Adam Keith, I'd like to have some of what they're drinking because that's an absolute atrocious thing to say. <laughs> Uh, but you're buying on the money, man. Uh, Belfast Giants have now gone 10 in a row. Wins 
Uh, wins of all kinds, really. We're uh, we're just plugging away. We're we, we're games where we're blowing teams out eight nil. We're there's games where we're coming behind, you know, giving teams head starts. But we've we've kind of pulled it together, and we're quietly going about our work. Um, we got a big win in the Challenge Cup there to advance to the semi-finals. We had a really tough tough game last night actually, um, away in Dundee, and we had to sort of just pull the uh, the work boots on and get the, the game done in, in overtime. But yeah, there is still uh, still some players that are sort of receiving mixed reviews, and um, we have them obviously made new signings um, to try and sort of strengthen for the title running. Um, but yeah, happy. Also, all's happy this side of the water at the minute. Um, I'm sure that once once we lose a game, it'll probably be the sky's falling in. But you know, we're 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 going well. And you mentioned about the the signings and the change. We'll we'll leave one of them out for now because that'll be another question. Um, were they the right changes made, both leaving the club and bringing in, or in in your humble opinion, do you reckon there's there's a gap? If there are gaps that you think that should still be filled from what you had and where things was not going according to plan? Well, I think the one thing that we are lacking is that Kevin replacement, the sort of stay-at-home defenseman, you know, the, the, the shutdown day-man for the PK. Um, obviously, we brought in Josh Roach um, as a, 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 an eventual replacement for, for Kevin Rain, and we all know that what Roach's game is, and he's a very, he's a very good player, and he's very good at what he does. Um, but we still, I still feel like we sometimes lack that just stay at home defenseman. There's so too many times we still give up a, a two on one or, you know, we, we suffer some breakaways because our, our, our demon are, are beyond the hash marks. And, you know, uh, the other decision that we made, I think, is the absolute correct decision. Um, and so when something like that creates a toxic, toxic nature in, in the, uh, the club involving family members and other players, then it's just time to get rid of that poison very quickly. And, you know, I mean, the results are evident that Adam Keefe's made the right decisions yet again. So, you know you about the decision of that. So, what, what do you reckon has changed from four or five weeks ago where that was it, seasons were off, to now where, you know, ten in a row? I'm assuming it's games and not league titles, just to clarify. <laughs> um, not yet. <laughs> but no, so what is, what is it they reckon that's changed that's kind of gave the Giants that resurgence? I, I don't know if it's a change in lines, a change in systems, but I, I, Steve Irie's really come into his own recently. Um, uh, there's some players there that weren't affecting the uh, the scoreboard that often that have now sort of started to chip in a little bit. Um, it, it's difficult to put your finger on exactly what has changed. Um, I think that early season... You know, it was like the old cliche of gripping the six too tight or, you know, just not getting the bounce of the puck. The hockey cliches that I think now we are starting to get a bit of puck luck. Um, if you watch our first goal in Dundee last night, um, I think it's Will Cullen actually tries to dump it into the far corner. It bounces off a, a Dundee uh, player's stick and just loops into the net. Uh, Svensson's looking over his right shoulder for where the puck's meant to go. And the puck ends up in the net. Like, those are the kind of things that are going for us at the minute that weren't going for us at the start of the season. Okay. Um, best quarreling. No one saw that. Um, where, 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 I'll ask oh, two questions. I'll, I'll ask two questions on that. One, is it a right sign to do? And two, you, you mentioned Roach. 
best go. When's Colin Shields coming out of retirement? In fact, who else are we bringing out uh, to, to get the band back together, as it were? Um, and I, I, I say that more joke aside, but is it the right signing to make, given the form of the resurgent form of um, Jones, but also the, the lights out form of uh, Jackson Whistle? I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I wasn't confused about the signing. Um, I trust everything that Adam Keefe does with that hockey club. Um, best for he's here for months and four months only. Um, I don't know how much of that's going to be a playing capacity or a coaching capacity because I know he did some uh, some bench coaching at the end of last season. Um, his influence around the locker room is going to be vital for those two young goalies, um, particularly Jones. I think, he, he, as you say, his uh, he, he's winning games. They're both winning games, and you know. How much of that is that pressure of the big man just waiting in, in the wings? Or, you know, is it just they're just becoming better goalies through the season? They're just starting to get hot? It's difficult to say. Um, but Beskarani's on form still the best goalie in this league. You know, if he gets if he gets playing, then, you know, a lot of teams are in trouble. So is Besco going to get some shifts? I'd expect so. So he's he's only here for four months, and you reckon he'll go back home? How much how much left have you got that of that one point four million? What's going on? Sunday more, don't you worry about it. A league winning goalie that's probably one of the best net miners of the last ten years to give kudos to Jackson Whistle, which he's already taught. Ah. Mate, come on. There's, there must be more to this. Look, I'm, I'm not privy to the information. I'm really not. I'm just sort of speculating as much as you guys are. Um, but I'd rather be on this side of the fence with the three good goalies than on the other side looking at it going, holy shit, they've just bought, brought back the MVP goalie of the, the league. And as you say, one of the best goalies this league's seen in many, many years. You know, I'd rather be on my side of the fence than, than anybody else's. Yeah, the most expensive water boy in the league. What's that? Most expensive water boy in the league. He's got brought across the to play the water for the next four months. What? Uh, well, I mean, if it's good enough for Ben Barnes, it's good enough for Baskerwani, right? Say nothing. <laughs> I just think it's great that the COVID money's been spent well. Um, jokes aside on that, so big few a couple of months for Belfast. Obviously, the Challenge Cup against Guildford, which won't be an easy tie. Um, and the running in for the league title for, would it be four or five in a row? What's, what's the official count? I mean, officially, we, we will have one uh, three in a row. Um, I don't think it's been done yet. I know Cardiff were very close to it a few seasons back and something like 11 points lead evaporated. And we pipped them to it. Uh, and then, obviously, there was the two years that the league wasn't awarded because of COVID, but technically the reigning champions still hold the title, so yeah, we'll claim it. Okay, so at least we can clarify that one. Was that when they um they lost last game of the season in Coventry? Yeah, it was, remember? I'm just saying that for for clarification point and, and nothing else. Um so yeah, big fixture semi final against uh, Guildford, running for the title. Where do you, where do you see it happen? What you know, colours to the mass. What's going to happen in two or three months' time? 
What are you I celebrating or what are you not celebrating? We're, we're definitely going to win one trophy. I, I just I don't know what it, what one is going to be, but I feel like we definitely uh, put our hand on some silverware this year. Um, last year we only really had to deal with Sheffield in the running uh, for the league title. Uh, Guildford had a bit of a wobble where they lost three games in a row, if, I think. Um, so that's brought everybody back into it. Um, and now we've got to deal with them. They've obviously picked up two wins over the Panthers this weekend to get it back on track. And the Devils have picked up their form as well. They're definitely not going away. Um, I think in the first episode that I was on, I joked that uh, it would it would be one of us, uh, one of the big two, and then the uh, the Steelers as an also ran. But it's it's so hard to call the league right now. I'm not going to say that we're going to win it, but we're going to be there or thereabouts. I think with uh, Belfast with the latest signing of Henrik Henrik Eriksson, yeah, the guy, the guy flying in the Norwegian league. I uh, oh, I almost feel like the Conti Cup has come at the wrong time for Cardiff because it's like flying, and there's always a Europe hangover. Had it many years ago with the Blaze and certain teams that then they come back and struggle. Uh, So. And Guildford, they've come back with the wins now, like three in a row. Like I know everyone's going, let's write them off, but I've, they might have just had a little Christmas hangover and got their little lull out of the way. I I reckon it's uh, turning into a a big race for the title. I'm looking forward to it. I agree with you. I, I think, think it's it. four teams. Sorry, John. Um, Sorry. And Guildford's big game in terms of showing their credentials, is next Saturday in Sheffield. That will really tell and define what they can do if they think they can win the league title. Um, John, apologies for interrupting you. Um, go ahead. No, no. I've said it once or twice before. It, it's, it's been known. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly so. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think that game next weekend is effing huge. Let's not pretend otherwise. Not like I'm making predictions anymore. I've uh, got my fingers burnt with that. I should have known better, to be fair, at, at some point. And, and we all did it, but I'm just going to own my part in in what we all did. We all thought that the season was done. Um, and I should know better. I was around for seven or eight years of Cardiff against Belfast rivalries in terms of league run-ins. And those two teams, either team can put together 15, 16 win runs quite easily. I don't know how, but for whatever reason, both teams were losing games at the same time. They were losing games you never expect in a million years for either team to lose, dropping points maybe, like in Cardiff's case, up in Fife, and Belfast getting beat back-to-back against Manchester. And over the course of the season, you think they're the kind of games, if you lose those early on, it's going to cost you the league title in, in four or five months' time. I got it wrong. I got it completely and utterly wrong. As far as I was concerned... Guildford were probably going to win it. Maybe Sheffield give them a push. Totally disregarded Belfast and totally disregarded Cardiff. And I look a bit of a dick now, and rightly so, um, because to be fair, the way both teams are playing, they look like they could beat anybody. That was a huge result for Cardiff against obviously Sheffield on Thursday. I think that was a statement result, uh, having bounced back obviously after the Challenge Cup um, losses a few weeks ago. Belfast just look like they're flying again. And I honestly, not that I'm making predictions anyway, which has kind of given me a bit of a, a cop-out, but I couldn't call it right now. I could see any one of those four teams putting a run together and winning the league. I really could, because 
you know, unless something crazy goes wrong. But the Belfast, I think, hold the, the key to everything because their home games they've got coming up, back-to-back back against Sheffield, back-to-back back against Cardiff, within a space of a few weeks of each other. Belfast, if if they can win those home games, I think they hold the key to the whole season. For everybody else, I think it's what Belfast do will ultimately decide who wins the, the title. So are we, are we saying, John, um, that the Blaze are out of this title race? Um, I, we, we, did get, we did get a comment or two on social media about it. So I just want to, again, I'm all for clarification here. Yeah, I'll let clarify that, that comment. I don't think any point... No, we may, have, we may have allowed for, just for shits and giggles, to bring commentary into a conversation for a little bit. And I may have been involved in that, maybe about a six you? weeks ago. I, I may have just been humouring you, to be fair, to make you feel good, because you've had a long time of winning nothing, to be fair. I didn't, deep down, think Coventry going to win any trophies this season, let's be honest with you. If I'm honest now, again, I don't make predictions anymore, but I wouldn't be surprised if Coventry don't even come in the top five, if Nottingham catch them. They're definitely not in any conversation for winning the league. That is some of the worst throwing people under the bus I've ever seen in my life, even the Tomo days in Sheffield. That, John, was awful. Just shocking. Um, so I'll, I'll back you on one thing in terms of the, the home run that or the games at home that Belfast do have coming up. And adding to that, they've got Nottingham doubleheader as well. Or has that happened? I don't know if it's happened or not. No, it's our next game. It's our next home game. Uh, doubleheaders, January 13th and 14th. So a huge six games for Belfast season. If you can go, you know, two thirds of that, you know, potentially that's really going to you know, ensure your credentials are there or thereabouts. So, um, Scott, we, John, we also other... have sorry, we, sorry, we also have the uh, the home leg of the well, the second leg of the Challenge Cup, uh, sort of like wired in there as well. I think it's like two three days before we welcome Sheffield as well. So, you know, we are all, all hands to the pump for us. I'm not going to lie, we have five first leg just before we go over to Belfast. Um, so it's, it might be like some nice that both teams have that kind of first leg in that scenario. Uh, Scott, John, any other questions about Belfast? Or are we good to move on? Um, I'm getting silence, which is just blissful. Um, we move from Belfast, and we've mentioned it already. We'll just give a bit more time to Cardiff. And this weekend, or as we're talking on the Sunday next weekend, they head to France to the Continental Cup Super Final, um, taking on uh, Nitra of Slovakia, Asiago of Italy, and Angers, the hosts, um, France, in case you didn't get that. Um, very quick round table. Yes or no? Can Cardiff take the seven plate home to Ice Arena Wales? Uh, I don't think so. I think um, they really need to concentrate on the league. Um, I think they're a little bit too petulant for the RRFs to get the win. I reckon they'll probably lose a game on a power play, which would be great for the tweets. Um, But no, uh, not for me. Second. Can they? Potentially, yes. Do I care? Nope. I hope their fans go home sad. And as far as I'm aware, there is 0% uh, alcohol beer being served in the arena, which is absolutely delightful news to hear. So I hope they have a terrible time. I think they will. If you ask me, 
pre-December, end of November, start of December, I said, probably not. Yeah, I think they would win three out of three. That's my predictions out of the window now, isn't it? Was that you that weren't making predictions, making a prediction? You asked me to, you, you asked us all, so, you know, you backed me in the corner. It, again, it's clarification, that's all we're after. Um, yes, then. <laughs> thank you. Um, I think they'll fall short. I think they'll, they'll be a, a glorious defeat in respect of they'll do well in the last hurdle. Let's say a last, well, got a game and a goal in the last five minutes of the third game that prevents them from winning it. Uh, I believe it's, um, a sports thing in respect of 0% alcohol served at um, rinks and sporting venues in France. Um, I've got a feeling I've read that somewhere. I could, I could be talking complete rubbish in that. But I know the world champs that they hosted with Germany many, many moons ago, that the stuff at the, the Accord Arena was 0%, so it may be just, be, maybe just hockey fans that they're just hooligans. Um, who knows? Uh, but no, I think they're going to fall short. They'll do well. Um, I think there's a just shy of 200 heading over. Um, so if, I think the, I think there's more chance of a of a whole period of them of the Cardiff fans singing "Don't Take Me Home" than them winning the challenge, the Continental Cup. Sorry, um, I think that's the uh, my bold prediction on that one. I just don't want to hear it because you know you're going to hear it all weekend. But good luck to them. Hope the fans have a good time to a degree. Um, but uh, I don't know if it's on any streams or it's free on YouTube or anything. Um, I don't know. I've not seen anything um, to say anything else, anything less. So, um, flash scores would be a place to keep yourself updated on the uh, the progress of that weekend. If anybody of the listeners are remotely interested, it'll probably be free originally, and then they'll put it behind a paywall. Uh, it's it's in France and it's not involved in Sheffield. Just again for clarification. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so we move on from Cardiff in the the Conti Cup to, um, and I'll bring Scott into this. Uh, Neil Black had an airing, which is rare. It's kind of like a like an annual speech type thing. It's like a State of the Union type thing. You don't see him very often. It's like once every so often. I mean, okay, this year's had to do a bit more because of uh, certain things. But he's uh, come out again with uh, an update on the the clan, hasn't he, Scott? Oh, he has indeed, and <laughs> the smirk of you know, the whole interview, 11 minutes, just smirking away, saying uh, we're, we're trying to bring in two demon and maybe a forward. Let's see. It was, it, it was a car crash. And it, I also felt like he was trying to say, I'm not selling. And I noticed that the Glasgow Clan Limited said we are very much in discussions. I didn't get that feel. Um, I, I, I just thought it, they should have rewatched it and thought there's nothing we're going to gain from this. And from the Blazing Clan game tonight, they've got no players, got nothing, and they've got a coach in Dyson Stevenson who's really wound up taking penalties and then all the other players are taking penalties we went 4-1 tonight on three power play goals we had 2-5 on threes Club is in a mess and Neil Black with his little smirks 
They're going one way, and that's downhill. Uh, Mr. Williams, um, you, you've been around, you've seen clubs have bad periods of time. Where does this rank in terms of, of the car crash season that Glasgow are having? Because to be fair, it is becoming a bit more than just a bad season. It is becoming the car crash season that we all hoped it wouldn't, but it is becoming. It just seems to be the limping week to week. Some fucking disaster after another. Pardon my French. Let's be honest with you. Like Scott said, that interview, the guy's smirking the whole way through. If I'm a, if I'm a Glasgow fan, I'm thinking this guy's just treating me with contempt. He just literally was just, it came across as so patronising the way he was speaking. You know, he, he looked like he was just mocking the fan base. Um, and without wishing to sort of the wrong thing, what a, he's got the most slappable face, I think, in the league, to be fair. The way he was literally sort of, just like smirking at the camera. I thought, if you're, a clan fan watching that, you must think you absolute donkey. Well, I was thinking worse things than that, to be fair. I, I feel sorry for, for the fans, but, like, Saturday, they had seven skaters on the ice when they, they scored the equalising goal. Then again, it comes with having a player coach. You can't do everything. If there's a, a non-playing coach on that bench, that probably wouldn't happen. And the guy is just literally, just seemingly, from the outside looking in, Running them without even caring. Um, it's almost as if he doesn't want them to do well. Um, but as you say, there's nothing outwardly looking like he's in any position to sell imminently anyway. And if he is looking to sell, he's making his asset less and less, you know, desirable by the week. So, yeah, well, just end the season for them right now because the season's done. As I tell you what, in terms of needing a bench coach, there's, uh, there's a guy that's uh, available now. He's uh, no longer working in Germany. Um, he may be interested. Scott? <laughs> yeah, he may be interested, but Mr. Neil Black was very, very, very vocal on that. He went, well, he left me contract. And he smirked. And I just thought, fuck you, Neil. Like, your club's in disarray, and the fans would really like having Mr. Russell back. Because he was successful. Like, he's... And he just went, well, he left me contract. Craig, as he kept saying, he'd love to get that in. Ah, oh, just piss off, Mr. Black. Uh, John, as, as a, fan, a member of a fan base who was probably the last to irritate the clan with um, a, a allegedly offensive chance, um, how, how are you seeing their, their season going and with, with this, another layer of something to laugh at and, and mock which as much as we've enjoyed I think Scott enjoyed it more than others um, it's, 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 and again we all enjoy mocking other people in terms of a humorous level but you don't want to see it do you in terms of wanting that competitive league no you don't and I think this league needs a competitive Glasgow clan team or else we lose the rest of the Scottish teams and it becomes a shit show for the rest of us to sit and watch play each other five, six times a season. And I think we have to credit the clan fans, uh, first and foremost, for absolutely sitting through this shit show and showing the loyalty through their team. They came across to Belfast in large numbers. I think there's maybe three or four busloads of them came and sang their hearts out for their team. And you see now, we obviously got a few friends that are clan fans in the group chat, and you see how it's now affecting their love of the sport that 
you know, they've wholly bought into themselves. There's guys that don't want to renew season tickets. And, I mean, who can honestly blame them? Because they're all being taken for mugs by that ownership. Um, it's It's been well documented that they're a secondary sort of little plaything for, for the Blacks. Nottingham's obviously the primary. And, and, and Brayhead and then Glasgow were just, you know, a little thing on the side. Um, he's got, if he's not going to, he's got to, he's just got to sell up for the sake of not only the clan, but the sake of the league, really. But with the clan fans, do they not need to do a little bit more as in a revolt? As in, say, look, it's all saying tweets, but when you're actually at the arena, could they not do a little bit more? What What do you guys think? Well, the vocal minority... Um, always shout down, well, from what I've seen anyway, shout down the ideas of revolt or not wearing team colours. I mean, there's always going to be blind blind loyalty. And you're right, though. I mean, the tolerance levels of those fans to go and sit in that arena every uh, every week is commendable because tell you what, I wouldn't be sitting in it if I was one of them. I'm with Scott. I think you get to a point, I mean, and we've seen it in in, in Sheffield circus, as laughable circumstances with the uh, the resistance in the in the end of the tunnel years. Um, but I think you do need to have, you know, as much as we can say, you know, what fair play to the fans. I think the fans have got the credit to go. No, this ain't good enough. You know, we're not expecting to win every game, every piece of silver. Go in the CHL, win the CHL. We're just wanting a team that makes the, their fan base proud, represents the, the, the city well, um, and gives them something when they put their jerseys on. That's my club, and I'm I know screw you all. This is mine, and I'm proud to wear that. They ain't got that at the moment. So yeah, I think they've got the credit to go. Right, Neil. I know we're the ginger member of the family when it compared to the Panthers. Other hair colours are available. Um, but it's time you looked after us. Apart from those with that hair, apologies, John and uh, Scott just reminded me. Um, it's about time you looked after us as well. Don't just give them the replacements. We need this, we need proper investment on the ice because if you do that, you get us back on board. We then start going. Do you know what? It's worth re- renewing the scene tickets. It changes that mindset. And I, I think I'm with you, Scott. I think it's time that they started the little revolt, not just because to cause you know, trouble and but they just des- they deserve better. You know, we we all agree that a competitive Glasgow is good for the league. You know, let's be blunt, they were a screw up against Edinburgh away from winning the league a number of years ago. Great for us because it opened up the door for Sheffield. But that you know, that's a, you give them that club that potential, they can do things. It's time the ownership gave them that potential. And I think in the last especially this year, but maybe more than you know, two three years, excluding the COVID years, they've not had that. So, yeah, I think it's time the Glasgow fans not just found their voice to back the team, which they will do, but it's time to start of demanding more from the ownership. And I thought it was very telling that Neil Black had ignored any sort of sales. Uh, yeah, they need answers, 100%. So I think collectively... We're of an agreement that they need to do more. And you know what? We, as much as I know Belfast enjoy uh, leaving stickers in the uh, the city of Glasgow, uh, reminding them what they think of them. But we all agree that you know we want Glasgow to 
be more competitive than they are. We've not seen successful because that impacts on our teams. Um, I still see the fan base have in them as well because even before the season, they've accepted one qualification in playoff weekend, and they've just accepted it. So, as a fan base, they're just too nice, and it's weird. They have a fan, a football rivalry where they want to kill each other every week, and yet they don't like back their hockey team and take them on. I don't understand. Do you know what, John? I think you've summed that up uh, uh, perfectly, um, and we can move on uh, to any other business. We're kind of running towards the end of this uh, week's episode. Does anybody have anything that they would like to mention before we go on to the too good, too bad? I'm glad John didn't, because I I suspect it may be even more of a good rant. So we'll move on to too good, too bad. Um, Let's go with the elder of the Paris. Let's... Whilst he's on form, let's let's get him out of the way. John? I'm on form. I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing, to be fair. No, I will self-admit, whilst my daughter's been at home, obviously, the last few weeks, I've taken full advantage on the weekends and been with her and not watched any live hockey before Scott says anything about me not watching many games. I shall watch all live hockey as of next week. So, so again, enlist help of Isabel to help me with these a little bit. Right, what I did sort of choose off my own back was too good, Champini's shorthanded goal, absolute filth, that goal to win the game in Fife, brilliant goal, I thought it was amazing, um, and then second, too good, goodish I'd say, Fife and, and no, yeah, Fife and Dundee rallying this weekend, taking obviously Belfast over time, couldn't quite nick the game in regulation, which would have been a nice thing for everybody else in the league, and obviously Fife with about three players all night, they so it's like within one goal of uh, of the Steelers. Bad. Oh. Glasgow clan. County players onto the ice so you can have the right amount of players on there. Stop being bullies. And just act your age. Uh, second bad. Uh, Sims put a, a bit of provocative tweet out today aimed at the Steelers fans almost to try and get a reaction. He's not getting a lot of attention at the moment. Um, things are going pretty well in Sheffield. All the heat's going Glasgow's way, and I think he said, put a tweet out almost to get, to get a reaction. It's like, really? Just if things are going well, just keep a low profile and enjoy the, the good times. No need for that. My second too bad. Uh, Mr. Smith, what's yours? Okay, first two good was that game on via play sports this week between the Steelers and the Devils. That was a really competitive game. Really good to watch the goalies, as you, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast. Excellent, and it just was a really good game of hockey to watch as a neutral. Uh, second to good is uh, the performances of Steve Irie for the Belfast Giants. Um, I think he affected the scoreboard at least four times this weekend. Uh, and there's a, a goal scores on the power play against Nottingham. You have to go and watch. It was beautiful. Uh, off the back of that, too bad. Craig Puffer, what are you doing? You've just, if I was a Panthers fan, I'd be out for blood for that guy because he has absolutely cost the, the Nottingham Panthers a place in, in the last four of the Challenge Cup. Boneheaded move. Terrible hit. And opened the door for the Giants to go and win that game. Too bad. I haven't listened to the thing in the entirety, but Neil Black, just as a, as a shit human being, to be honest, uh, give the fucking God, the Glasgow Clan fans something to go on. Sign a player. You know, the, the, 
there's so many players being signed around the league and you're not making any signings. Give your boys on the ice a bit of help. So I'm going to jump in. Um, my two good. Although I'm going to have a third. I'm, I'm playing some rank here and allowing a third one. Uh, the goal of battle. Can't not mention it again. Yes, the goal will say that, but it was you know, good. Um, second, uh, Guildford. With um, returning to form after the dip um, obviously the, the caviar and champagne's out of the system and they're starting to get wins um, which are good for the uh, the boys of Guildford uh, and their fans the third one because I just don't think it can't be not mentioned was what the great thing about Vibe Player Games is the refs are mic'd up and it's the line at the end of the game from the ref one of the hits and certain bits I, I missed but it was it's a contact sport boys get on and get on with it and I was just like I can't remember which referee it were, but that was spot on. I, I was howling uh, with laughter. Um, so it was either Matt Rose or Andy Miller, I think the other referee were. So I, whoever it were, uh, gents, take a bow. That was superb. My too bad. Social media shit. Um, the other bits also mentioned just now. We've, we've mentioned that. We're not milking it. Second too bad because of the gong show that is seven players. I've watched beer league games and they struggle to get three players on the ice. So how the hell you do seven players and screw up? Only you know, Glasgow. Never mind. Scott, what's your too good, too bad? Uh, first too good but is Guildford. I'm really happy that they are firing again. Um, it will make for an interesting end of the season. Second too good is Ross Venus. Absolute stellar performance tonight, and I like to give the Brits a, a, a G up in there. Too good, uh, too bad. Uh, well, where do we go? Uh, clan tonight. I know they're in tough times, but Dyson Stevenson and his team just wanted to cause aggro. Any whistle, they were checking. Dunbar took a slashing penalty. We scored three power play goals tonight. Uh, we had two five on threes. Five on five, it was one one. Like, I know there's a lot going on, but Mr. Stevenson needs to have a little look at himself if he wants to progress his career going forward. Uh, second too bad is the Fireplay commentary team. When you're watching a game, you have fans that watch the game. And you maybe have new fans watching the game. And to just ignore shit plays or to say someone's doing really well doesn't educate anyone. You would have thought that Petgrave had the game of his life the other night. And as much as he's a great player in this league, he's probably got a plus minus of 20 and all this. He was at fault for two goals. And it doesn't educate anyone. And I got into UFC during lockdown. And the commentators educate you on the game. And I just feel like it's a bit of a old boys club with the fire play guys. And I feel like they should do better. Sorry, I know that's me being a bitch, but that's what I think. To that side of you, Scott, we've had it a few weeks. Um can stay. I have no problem with it. Um, but one thing I'll, I'll, I'll going to throw to, to you and John, maybe we need to, now coming towards the end of the season, we have a bit of a Brit watch as to coming up to the, the Worlds. 
because I'm with you and I'm happy to, to pump the tyres of the Brits players, you know, Whistle, Venus, uh, Waller, you know, more than happy to do that another um, Brits. Um, I know Kieran Long's having a, a good season in Belfast. Maybe it's something we do when we just kind of, uh, we, uh, we, we, we mentioned that just to, for anybody who listens to know the players to keep an eye out for when, as when that squad gets uh, released. So that's it for this week. Um, socials as ever, Instagram and Twitter at Free and Free Podcast UK, Facebook Free and Free Podcast UK. If you do follow us, um, give us a shout, give us a, some feedback. We, like I say, we got the feedback this week, which we got John to clarify. And thank you for John uh, for that. Um, Mr. Smith, thank you as ever for your input uh, and a superb performance on your, your hat trick uh, on the podcast. Thanks, boys. It's absolutely always a pleasure to come and uh, talk hockey with, with you, uh, you boys. And uh, yeah, I have obviously this is the first time I've seen you since, but I hope you had a, a great Christmas and I hope 2023 has a lot more good things in store for all of you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I don't want to say else to that, but thank you. Um, Scott, John, as ever, thank you very much for your time. No problem. I'm missing John's little soundbite still about elephants and trees and stuff tonight, though. I almost said it whenever he was talking about Coventry. I was trying to get a, a sort of like a, a time to butt in, but you know, John, you're very hard to interrupt sometimes, you know. I think there are a number of them. I think there are a number of soundbites that we could take from this uh, this week's episode. I'm fairly confident that's been said quite a few times to me by a number of different people, in all honesty. So, yeah, I don't take that personally because it's probably a lot of truth in it. <laughs> no, uh, Mr. Williams never interrupts anyone. It's a myth. Never. It's a myth. Boys, let's close the gate. The gate's closed. And that's it for another episode of the Free on Free podcast. <laughs>